Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new, lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're excited to announce that Ghost Town is a featured podcast on Podcast Republic. You can listen to it on either the Podcast Republic website or the Podcast Republic Android app. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a great app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android devices. Make sure to set Ghost Town as a favorite so you don't miss any new episodes. Again, the app is Podcast Republic, available on your Android device. All right, let's get into Ghost Town. A Chinese city, population zero. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. China? I've not. I've been uh, close. I've been in uh, Tokyo. Tokyo. As I've, I've been. I've only been the airport to Tokyo. Yeah. In Tokyo. Well, you should get out because Tokyo is pretty interesting outside well, of the. Okay. The airport was enough for me. Oh, okay. I All right. Well. I went immediately home. Yeah. Um, no, I would like to talk about uh, Kowloon, the walled city, um, and it is. I've been there because the airport to go to Hong Kong is there, uh, but it's not technically part of the city. And the city. So is, it's right next to Hong Kong. Yeah, okay. it's right next to Hong Kong on the island. It's been there for a very long time. Um, and it looks, it's like Blade Runnery. Like it's very, it looks like a lot of people used to live there. And it's like Waterworld, you know, where they go down yeah. and you see all the high rises, but like, they're, but without the water. And it's like that right now. It's like that right now. We're going to show you oh. pictures. It's really surreal. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, and it's a really, really old city. It can be traced back to 960 AD. Um, Pre-internet. Pre, we think. We think it's we pre-internet. can't verify that. Yeah, but we do think it's pre-internet. <laughs> it has its origins in the Song Dynasty, which was known for water growing rice. They expanded their uh, navy, Neo Confucianism, wood block printing, gunpowder. Okay, heard of it. How about that? Yeah, uh, my mom was gonna really like that part. She's like, "Well, what did they know?" Okay, okay. Um, so got that out of the way. Um, so when the dynasty was expanding, they need this tiny outpost to because again their navy was expanding. So they created this little like hut on Kowloon uh, to manage the trade of salt. Salt was really big. So for hundreds of years, it was like very chilled out. There were like maybe 30 guards hanging out, guarding this area to make sure that, you know, only trade ships were passing by. Um, And then eventually in 1810, a small coastal fort was established. Moving on to 1842, and that's when shit got interesting. Uh, That was during the... Uh, Queen, I'm Midwestern Emperor Dao Gang's reign, and that was when Hong Kong Island was ceded to Britain by the Treaty of Nanjing, which is where the Chinese uh, lost the Opium War to the British, and they were like, "Yeah, we're going to be fine. You just have to give us this island, the city, for 99 years," which is also like 99 years, but that's actually what happened. It, they had to give them this really important part of their country for 99 years, and. Kowloon became a part of that, uh, though the Chinese were still able to keep soldiers there and things like that. So they had this big wall built in 1847. This is part of the abandoned 
uh, eeriness too, because the wall is all still there, and it's kind of like it's it's so tall, like it's a. Strange, is it like one of those movies where they're like uh, in the future, this city had to be walled in because it's like the worst part of the city, so they kept all the bad people in type looking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but it's like if they could create a roof on it, they would. They would have just like roofed the city in and just had this tiny little like capsule of a Chinese city. Um, and at that point, it was about seven hundred people. The following year, uh, the governor, Sir Henry Blake, uh, suspected that the viceroy of Canton was using troops to subvert the Treaty of Nanjing. And this is, again, kind of a theme with this city of Kowloon is like the British suspecting the Chinese and the Chinese kind of retaliating and like back and forth. And no one wants it. And then both, you know, like all of this stuff, which just decimated this city. Um, So basically, the British forces attacked the walled city only to find no soldiers there and leaving 150 really confused and tired residents. They like ransacked it. They didn't kill anybody per se, or, but they drove a lot of people out. Um, so the Qing dynasty ended its rule in 1912, leaving the walled city completely to the British. So the British have Kowloon now and don't really give a shit. They make a little administrative office, uh, an old folks home and an almshouse, which is a poor house, which I had to look that up. Um, alms for the poor? Um. Hey. hey, I dropped out of college, but I remembered <laughs> I a couple. Went to grad school. Yeah, where do we? Oh God, uh-oh. money. Where to go? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so it was kind of like a giant slum at this point. Nobody really hung out there. If you were a British tourist, you'd like come and like creep a little bit and like take some pictures, um, some daguerreotypes at yeah. that point, and, okay. and leave. Uh, but it was still labeled a Chinese town in a 1915 map. map but everyone's like, who cares? In 1933, the Hong Kong authorities announced plans to demolish most of the walled city's buildings and even paid out the 436 squatters that live there with brand new homes elsewhere. By 1940, only the office and one house remained. Um, During its World War II occupation of Hong Kong, Japan demolished the city's wall. uh, And you can see, like, they didn't get all of it. Like the base and stuff? Yeah, Yeah. like parts of it. And used the stones to expand uh, the Kai Tak Airport, which is probably the creepiest airport on the planet, made of discarded pieces of old slum wall. Um, but you can still fly in there and it's pretty big actually. And still runs interesting airport note for all you airport aficionados out there. In 1945, China announced its intent to reclaim its rights to the walled city. Here we go again. Refugees from mainland China, uh, because of the Chinese civil war, like went there to take advantage of British protection, which again, it's like British protection in quotes, because nobody cared about this city. People just went in and went out when it was convenient for them. Uh, like my dating life. <laughs> um, like that little, like, is that, that's how podcasting works, right? Yeah, you're getting it. Excellent. So then it had a renaissance of about 2,000 squatters that reoccupied the walled city in 1947. After a failed attempt to drive them out in 1948, the British adopted a hands-off policy in all matters concerning Kowloon, and the city just kept growing. And by growing, I mean, like, more squatters. Yeah. Um, so when you have like a Mad Max style trash heap of a city, things don't often stay quiet. In January 1950, a fire broke out that destroyed over 250,000 huts, home to nearly 3,500 family, 3, families and 17,000 total people. The disaster highlighted the need for proper fire prevention in this like totally wooded, squattered, squattered, that's a word, area. It complicated the Chinese-British relations even more. Uh, with no government enforcement from, the, from both sides and, like, every once in a while a few raids by the Hong Kong police, the walled city became 
just like a hotbed for crime and drugs. It was only during a 1959 trial for a murder that occurred within the walled city that the Hong Kong government was ruled to have jurisdiction there. By this time, though, Kowloon was virtually ruled by organized crime syndicates known as triads. We're getting real Mad Max here. Um, So... Beginning in the 1950s, triad groups such as the 14K and Sunny On, and if you know anything about these these different gangs, like let us know. I couldn't find a ton on them. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell Technologies solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Tech. You're not supposed to find out about the triads, you know what I mean? I want to, what are their names? What do they do? Greg, Dan, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> cool. Andrea. I want to know them. Yeah. <laughs> they have a woman. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's equity. Um, so they were brothels, gambling parlors, opium dens. It was such a haven for criminals that police would venture only in <laughs> with large groups. Like they were afraid of what was happening there. It was not until 1974-ish when the police really started to hit hard and started arresting people, seized over 4,000 pounds of drugs that year. Um, and so slowly, like, the power of the gangs began to wane. With public support, particularly from younger residents, the continued raids gradually eroded drug use and violent crime. In 1983, the police commander of Kowloon City District declared the walled city's crime rate to be under control. Yeah. Um, hard to say if it was at that point, but it was definitely, like, cutting back. So again, they're cutting back all of the livelihoods of the people that lived in there, however, like, shady that they were. Um, creating another kind of dip in population. The city underwent massive construction in the 1960s with developers building new model structures above older ones. And you'll see this too in the pictures too, just like the building on top of building and like seeing like kind of with like rocks where it's like this style, this style, how about this, wires. Instead of just completely eviscerating it and starting over, they're just building on top of it. Yeah, so again, you'll see like all the shells. I'm really excited to see these pictures, honestly. We'll have them up on our uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And so then the city became densely populated again with over 30,000 people in 300 buildings in little more than seven acres. So hugely. And these are like kind of the best pictures, too, with this like dense population building on stuff, rubble on top of new buildings. And then they all go. So by the late 1970s and early 1980s, the the height restriction was 13 to 14 stories, um, which is because of the the planes and things because it was still right next to that airport that was still functioning but people were just like packed into this small area i kind of imagine you see ready player one no are you familiar with the the, the trail like the trail like the commercials or trailers what they call the stacks they built they basically built on top mm. of each other because it was just overpopulation it reminds me a little bit of that like oh, just yeah things built on top of other things definitely and just like people just like occupying every nook that like like a beehive um so as, as well as limiting building height, the proximity of the airport subjected residents to serious noise pollution for the last 20 years of the city's existence. Eight mini- municipal pipes provided water to the entire city, and the streetlights were fluorescent. So talk about, like, dystopic, Oh, yeah, crazy. that is Blade Runner, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, so although crime was not super, 
like high like it was in, in earlier years. The Kowloon was still known for its uh, unlicensed doctors and dentists who could operate there without any threat yeah. of persecution. So if you need any discount uh, crowns yeah. or, again, yeah, if um, broken so procedure, some, yeah. like you, you go to Kowloon, you get it done, you leave there, you hope you don't bleed out on the yeah. way home yeah. in the airport. Um, over time, both the British and Chinese governments found the city to be increasingly disgusting. Um, and again, the crime was at bay. But the quality of life, as you might imagine, the sanitation of the city was fucking awful. And especially next to Hong Kong, think about a city like a British colony. who's like always... Cl- Hong Kong is clean. It is civilized. Mm. The roads are like beautifully paved. Like it's very very European and very under control next to this like fucking ugly stepchild yeah. of a city where it's like, that's what it's reminds me, like a step, like a yeah, stepchild. Like, that nobody wants to, it's there, but nobody wants to talk about it. Exactly. And, like people kind of want it, but they're also like, Ooh, they just want it to like make the other person. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like parents. It's like, like, I don't want this, but mm-hmm. I don't want you to have it either. Yeah, exactly. So in 1987, the, both the British and Chinese essentially decided to like put the city down and evacuated everybody and they used $2.7 billion uh, in compensation to get the 33,000 residents and businesses out of there. Some people were not satisfied with that and were forcibly evicted anyway. So you take the money. Just take the money. You're getting out of there anyway. So then they started to kind of demolish the walled city and stopped uh, and created like a little park at its base called Kowloon Walled City Park, which cost them $76 million. Can you think about all this money and like what it would have cost to create the a fir- beautiful city. first time around instead right. of like you know kind of um, putting so, band aids on exactly yeah so the city is just like this ripped up torn apart mass of structures from all different types I want to be there so bad right now you yeah. don't understand that. oh my god with, with gonna, all that said like I want it. to hopefully there's, you know there's still some you know part of it up that I just want to. Uh, Check it out. I mean, yeah. even still, the airport still works. I flew. Oh, speaking, speaking of airports, speaking there's of a which, it's, uh, it's my helicopter. Uh huh. I feel like we're there right now. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah, I just got transported Is there. So your wife picking you up? Yeah, yeah. It's it's my Uber helicopter. <laughs> cool. I'm very rich. I do a podcast. Oh yeah, makes sense. Um, so it's still there. Again, it's like such a strange history. Such a strange like uh, a walled like city. A rabbit, is like so feral amazing. City. Yeah. Like you put up like walls up, but like. I think that creates like, because cities don't operate like that. There's no walled cities, you know. So no, I think it's a very like thing. It's again, it feels like very Trumpy to be like build a wall and yeah. protect your shit. But like also a lot of, you know, ancient cities had walls because yeah. that, that was a way to actually protect it. But then sure. it's like you don't see them, or you go to like rural Italy and you're like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Or like you see like the Great There's Wall castles, of China. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and like the Great Wall of China, like okay, that's a crazy wall. This this wall is higher than the Great Wall of China and more comprehensive around a smaller space. But it's an interesting view into this very sad. Uh, Is anyone out there that's listening have any first or secondhand knowledge? Wall City Park. Yeah. Please, please contact Mm -hmm. us. My brother, he, I think, has some experience with it. Yeah? Well, he lived in China for a while. Not there because nobody lives there anymore. But... Flew in and out of the airport a bunch. Maybe there's something. Yeah, well, you can find out from one of your Any source. Any shitty history that I said that yeah. is wrong? Let me know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, we check out the pictures. I can't wait to check out these pictures. Check out Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Ghost Town Pod. 
Email us with suggestions for future shows, Mm -hmm. stuff you want us to talk about. If you have anything specific about the walled city of Kowloon or Kowloon walled city. Kowloon, yeah. Kowloon walled city, uh, you know, definitely let us know. Please. Yeah. We're here. Waiting. Rebecca has walls up around her. Yeah, emotionally and physically. Yeah, it's really weird. So I don't know how we're doing. Yeah, we're doing this exactly. very weird through a little like little weird it's glory like a little hole. Teeny, it's like, very Shakespearean to like, yeah. be talking through a little, a little thing in the wall. Yeah, Hi. I didn't. I dropped Hi. out of college. I didn't do Shakespeare. <laughs> I didn't do Shakespeare.